It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, I tell you what, Rich, uh, we're going to have a good time because I have just met someone who's older than I am by quite a measure. And we're going to have a good time talking to him. But first of all, what would your reaction be? And then I want to turn well, to this Lisa is, here. This is great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Now, there is a lady who works in our company, Bot Radio Network, by the name of Lisa Michaels. And Lisa, get right into your microphone there. Okay. And you introduced us to a Mr. Bill Gilfoyle. And uh, where did you first meet Bill? Well, I was playing tennis out at Overland Park Racquet Club, and I met Bill, and uh, and we exchanged contact information. And the next thing I know, I have my new best friend. It's Bill Gilfoyle. He's currently now 95 years old. Next month, on the 18th of November, he's going to be 96 years old. Wait a minute. Now, was he playing at that time? He is still teaching tennis and table tennis to this day at Overland Park Racquet Club and advising people all over. He sometimes even goes in and gives personalized uh, what some people call ping pong lessons. He likes to call it table tennis. Yeah. Well, you, you can see, folks, why I'm so excited because I have been visiting with this gentleman and he goes all the way back. You see, I was born in 1933 and he was born in 1922. So when I was nine years old, probably then when World War II then um, the, the, the Pearl Harbor bombing, why well, he was already a teenager. And his memory is sharp as a tack. My word, here I am sitting with my glasses on and my cane pretty close by and, uh, and everything. And he's as sharp as a tack. No glasses, no cane, and he remembers everything. Isn't that amazing, Rich? Oh, it sure is. <laughs> it sure is. I tell you what, then, let's start this program out. I've used this song before, and I just love it. And I think if you folks will turn your radio up and just sit back, you'll not only enjoy it, you'll find this broadcast very, very interesting. Here's the song. Now some folks are preoccupied with looking young and prim. And I can still remember when I was just like them But time has shown it's what's inside Your heart that really counts And not how many store-bought teeth You have inside your mouth Well, I just love old people Yeah, I do I just love old people How about Silver traces in their hair There's so much wisdom they can share I know of none that can compare With old people My joints may not be perfect My walking may be slow And it may take me three attempts When I get up to go but when it comes to serving God, I still have much to give. 
Like teaching all these younger folks How great it is to live Well, I just love old people Yeah, I do I just love old people How about you? With silver traces in their hair There's so much wisdom they can share I know of none that can compare with old people So when you're old and turning gray I hope that you hear someone say I just love old people <laughs> Can we hear a good amen to that? Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. Well, uh, Mr. Bill Gilfoyle, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio just going back through America's history that you know firsthand. Uh, you were a teenager when you enlisted in the Army. Uh, I guess that was that before Pearl Harbor or after? After. After. Uh, what do you think about the situation today in America? And let me ask you this, too. How did you happen to be in Topeka, Kansas, when President Donald Trump had that huge, huge, big rally there? How did you happen to be there? Because I, I believe that, and the girls, two of the girls that play tennis, drove up, and I went with them, and it was a fun day, and... I'm very appreciative of what's going to happen to the country in the near future if we don't make some major changes. And I think we had the man that's going to do the job. And he's uh, looking at religion and, 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 and God and all the futures of our life. And I think uh, everybody should pay attention to this one because it's going to be a very, very important election. Yes. And uh, I think we're on the right road for capitalism uh, and uh, creativity and mindfulness and all those things that go into that action. Yeah. And the Socialist uh, Party has never been really successful to my knowledge. There's been some of them, but the Venezuela is the latest development. Yeah, you see, you're talking worldwide now. Socialism yeah. so is worldwide. And it really stands for big government. However you look at it, the people are nothing, and big government controls it. Now, you mentioned free enterprise, and you mentioned that, you see, and creativity. Doesn't that also mean freedom of the individual to worship and to go and to build and to create and to dream and to invent and to to do what that individual has has in their heart as God gave them life in the first place. That's correct. I think I remember a new book by a guy that's an economist at a university, one of the big universities in the East, and he's talking about this situation very much. And I haven't got the book, but it won't be long till I get that book. It's, at a, at a store, and I want to read it because I've, I'm so excited. I'm going to con contact the guy, and I do a lot of extra work. Uh, I'm an eleomasonary professional, and most people ask me, "What is an eleomasonary professional?" Well, yes, say, you're a lawyer. You should know. You do things free for other people, oh. and that has a benefit. 
and, and I'm not looking for benefits, but the benefit is that it helps everybody. And you learn from other people. Uh, this uh, group that I'm with here today is teaching me a lot about uh, a lot of things. So I'm happy to be in the fight for a real battle here coming up. And I, I'm amazed at what they're doing to other people. You know, the nice people, there's a lot of, a lot of great people in the United States and the world. And, and not everybody, we can't accommodate everybody. I think they say now the University of uh, in the East and Ivy League uh, said that there's maybe 22 million people coming in. Now, we've got to grade those people some way. Uh, the criminal situations in those cities. Like or San the drugs. Yes, drugs, all that's coming over. It's been just, and look at Chicago. Look at those San Francisco. Look at those. It's, it's as plain as the nose on your face, actually. And so I'm very unhappy to see people. I love people, all people, and even the ones that, are, that are, have a different view for some reason or other. And uh, I said about a little thing, make your life your light shine upon us. We thank you, O Lord. And I think that's where the start in this movement is, is doing real well. Well, now you, yes, absolutely. You see, that's so interesting. I have so many directions I want to go here. But when you were at this Topeka, Kansas rally, um, was the place filled? <laughs> yes, it was more than filled. Yeah. Somebody had said 15,000 or more, and some of them were, you know, they were standing around, down standing all the time. And they had some songs, not exactly like the one I yeah. just heard, the beautiful one, yeah. but they were Sinatra songs, yeah. and there was a lot of enthusiasm for these people. And I talked to most of the people I could get my hands on, and they were very, very uh, excited about the movement. It was a movement of excitement. Now, I understand from Lisa Watson that uh, there were thousands upon thousands outside that couldn't get in. That's right, exactly. Isn't that interesting? And uh, and then there was a pastor, a black American pastor from Topeka, Kansas. His name was Cecil Washington. And uh, and he opened with prayer. Remember that? Yes, I do. I, that was the opening session. You know, a lot of the media uh, uh. just simply didn't carry that. Maybe they thought the people were not interested, mm -hmm. or maybe they thought the people would be interested, but they didn't want to acknowledge it. The media didn't want to acknowledge it, that that prayer and the way the people responded to the prayer, and by the way, it was in Jesus' name, and it was wonderful. And the pastor, Cecil Washington, is he, he's the chaplain of the Kansas Senate. And he also mm -hmm. pastors a church there in Topeka. But he prays, and when he prays, it's in the name of Christ because he's a Christian minister. And there's a lot of people that tried to tell him, don't do that. A lot of people said, no, 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 that isn't the way we do that now. But he stood his ground, has a straight, strong back. And he said, well, I am a Christian minister. Why have me come and pray if I can't pray in the name um, that is above every other name. And, and anyway, now, here we're coming into Christmas because since you were a boy and since I was a boy, when everybody knew that Christmas is what it is, for goodness sake, that's the name of it. 
But now it's politically correct to call it the, the winter season or the holiday season, or you don't say Merry Christmas, but we do have a president. Folks, let's acknowledge it. The first thing he said when he was elected, Merry Christmas, it now is perfectly not only right, but it's also true. That's what Christmas is about. What would your response be? Well, I think that's true of everything, even the, the soldiers, uh, the, uh, all the ex-soldiers I was in the, and, and not few of them were left in that 94th Entry Division, were proud to be there. And, and when you find somebody can't salute the flight desk and the field, that's a mistake by the players. They're making lots of money, and they don't have anything. You have a right to some free speech, but you might do it in a gentle way. And you and you, we need that common horse sense that rules that runs the world right today. And 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 everybody, we all have to take a second look. Look in the mirror at yourself. See what you're really seeing, and then you can always make a change. See now, you mentioned early on this interview others. Uh, I think you implied, if if you didn't say it specifically, that the secret in your case was to think of others and how to serve others and how to reach out to others and um, and not put yourself uh, right in the middle of everything. That's what people are calling selfish or <laughs> self-centered. Uh -huh. But when you reach out to others with whatever resources God has given you, that's how things turn out right, isn't it? Sometimes you, so you say hello to somebody and they look the other way. And you know that they're not very interested in you. And sometimes, I guess, conversation is mostly a little bit of listening, too. Some of us maybe speak, but sometimes you're led into that because somebody doesn't talk. And so I think the future looks bright to me. If everything goes correctly, we're going to enjoy a lot of happy years. And I met a number of the people uh, in, in politics in the past, although once I, they asked me to run for, for senator, and I told them no. I said I can do more good from the outside than the inside. And they've stayed with me for about five days from western Kansas, and I kept saying no, and they said yes, no. And so uh, life goes on, and we're going to see soon. And let's get out there and go after them. Go get them. How important is it, if I use the word freedom, individual freedom, to create, to build, to dream, to grow. See, that isn't part of European history, is it? Yes, I think See, very important. I wonder if people understand European history was locking people into their social strata wherever they were. Mm -hmm. And so you really didn't have the freedom to emerge and to create and to build and to grow and do these things. Uh, that's part. Somebody said America is not real estate. It's an idea. And was it de Tocqueville when he toured America? How long ago would that have been, Rich? That was in the early days of the country. How important is it then that the people recognize and value the individual freedom that is ours as American citizens. I wonder if I could ask our Mr. Producer to get out that that little audio clip we have of immigrants uh, being sworn in as American citizens. 
I just love that we might use that in this program because when a person came from other countries, uh, legally, by the way, according to the law, and then when they became American citizens, my word, then the flag was their flag and America was their country. And what could they contribute to make it even better? That's the way it was, sir. And do you remember that far better than I? Well, I remember playing in the Olympics, and some fellow friend of mine in St. Louis who couldn't make it, he said, you'll go this year in place of me. And he said the very same thing. He said, all of a sudden you'll feel this Americanism and this freedom and everything. And I, th I still feel that way. And I wanted to maintain for the future of all of us, and particularly the young people, if they. But I think you're right in, in that that movement is very important because we don't want that tightness that's coming when all these different rules and regulations are stymieing some businesses, not all of them, but some of them. So I'm looking forward to November and the election and uh, maybe we can all celebrate that night, I hope. Well, you uh, see, we will. Um, well, Rich, what would you comment now so far in this interview? Well, I love the life experience that Bill Guilfoyle has. Having been born November 18, 1922, he's almost 96, still teaching tennis, still teaching <laughs> table tennis. And uh, what a wonderful uh, life experience. I wanted to ask him, because he said something earlier to us that was really interesting to me, because he was in the infantry, 94th Infantry Division under General Patton that uh, marched across Europe to defeat the Nazis. Yeah. And so you said something about General Patton that is not uh, typically well known about his demeanor. Well, he was a really, I thought, a very nice guy, and he, he was he was a, a fellow that didn't stop the, when he was going strong. He kept on going, and that irritated some. He was in the 3rd Army, and I don't know why he was there, but he said, he looked and put his fingers, and said, you go with me next. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't swim, and I'm going across this, I think it was a hemp rope. But, you know, it, it's vague, a little information as you get back then. But uh, it was, I went to different countries. I ended up going to Poland, Russia, Austria, Italy, northern Italy. I didn't realize then that the Germans were in northern Italy a lot. That a lot of people lived there. Yes. So uh, it, it was also an education. I mean, to go travel is always an education to some people. And I think to me it was a very much of an education. So, and it's so nice to be here today with you both. Oh, thank you. So did the, did the troops revere General Patton? Well, uh, the troops, uh, the ones that I knew, I thought he was good. But they, they had a movie on it, and it, was, it wasn't quite the movie. It was slapping people, and yeah. I, I didn't get in on that, but I never saw anything like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you get a reputation sometimes, when, but it's not true. And we, as we were seeing in some of these things, we've got to get the facts out, the honesty. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, someone said, wherever you go in the world— the people of Japan or uh, China or uh, Italy, every other country, you can kind of identify uh, the person as being from that country. However, America, if you see an American, you don't know what color or what characteristics or anything else because America really is made up of everyone. 
And I love that thought. America is for everyone. And if you are an American, people cannot identify you by your color or your various characteristics or anything else. And when I heard this, as a matter of fact, I was in St. Louis one time for a business meeting and they were having a swearing-in ceremony of uh, immigrants that were being mm-hmm. becoming American citizens. And I was able to sit in the back and just kind of look over the assembly of the people that were there. And here it is. I want our listeners to enjoy it. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state or sovereignty, of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen, that I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear arms on behalf of the United States. When required by the law, that I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by the law. And that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So help me God. I welcome you all to the fabric of American society as American citizens. You may wave that flag. It is uh, now, when he said you may wave that flag, it is yours. And then I'm thinking how much we hear now about people that are burning the flag and disrespecting the flag and, uh, and the commotion that's carrying on now. Uh, people in the streets uh, chasing people out of a restaurant, for goodness sake, because they're there to have dinner with their family. We really have... We really have turmoil, and it really, I think, sir, it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle uh, more than anything else going on right now. And, you know, it was the scene on the television about the, uh, the Supreme Court where they're knocking on the door, all those people, and they're young people yes. shouting and screaming, and then there's some famous people, uh, supposed to be famous in the world, that are supporting these these movements a lot. That's what they say. I don't know how much money they spend, but you you, you got to have natural 
uh, opposition to everything, but in a, in a gentle way, it's much better. I think we're, we're winning that battle in yeah. a sense now. Now, considering your age, <laughs> I would say one of our more recent presidents, Ronald Reagan, some people listening can say, oh, he's, he's been gone a long time, but not to you. Now, Ronald Reagan said, a nation without borders is not a nation. Exactly. And, uh, and that rings true. And that's kind of what we're having to work through today. What would you say in closing, Rich? We need to get back to one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Yeah. Um, thank you, sir. I want to do some more programs with you because I want to plow the ground all the way from 1922 to this very day because here you sit and uh, drive and, uh, and think and uh, the young boy inside is still alive and well, isn't he? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I always say the rapper can get a little old on the outside, but the kid inside, you got to feed him and keep him healthy. Right. Thanks so, so much. It's our pleasure. Is Dick Rich, what well, is the yeah, phone number? Uh, the listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you. And our guest has been Bill Guilfoyle. And uh, what a pleasure it has been. Born in Hillsborough, Kansas. That's near Emporia in the Flint Hills of Kansas. You really are the original deal. Mm. Thank you, sir. This is Dick Bott with his chapter, The Complete Story, as a public service. I'll see you later.